We're proudly recording on Wadja Noongar Buja, and we pay our respect to elders past and present. Queer Perth Network. Hey everyone, welcome to Queer Stories on the Swine, a podcast where two gay men chat and discuss all things queer in the Perth LGBTQIA plus community. I'm your host Chris. And I'm your other host Christo. And today we'll be chatting to my amazing and super sporty partner Steve Fulliger and his queer journey. So sit back and enjoy the show. Hello, hello. Uh, hello. We are back. Uh, hello, with hello. Another episode. Um, we are yes. on episode 16. Oh my God. We, um, we're back to our solo guests this time Yay. round. We've had our duos, we've had our duos era, but now we're back in the solos. Um, and we've decided that we're going to move the mic closer to me. <laughs> um, professionalism. And, um, well, we've been wanting to have a little chat with Christo's partner. Yeah. Um, his name is Steve. Um, he has been... Oh, thank um, goodness you told me that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just you, Christo. That's all I'm talking to. Um, anyway, audience that have been listening to us. Um, yeah, so that's what we're going to be talking... Who we're going to be talking to today, I should say. Um, he's been responsible for setting up this beautiful studio space. If you're watching the video version, which will eventually be released. Um, <laughs> I'm a bit shady. Um, it's all good. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's been a big supporter for not just Christo and his, you know, since they've been together for 10 plus years, I know, that's right? really cool. Um, but this whole project, uh, was a, um, he supported this and a yes. big part of it was because of Very him. Much. So thank you, Steve. So this is his thank you. Um, but since we've uh, had our last episode out, the uh, Thermo Dudes episode, Kale and Matt, Frank, appreciate you guys being on. Yes. Um, eventually, we'll get our uh, our own little queer stories uh, recipe, maybe like a beetroot yeah. thing or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Um, so we've had some um, things happen since we last recorded. We've actually recorded. Now, I guess it depends when this episode comes out. Uh, let me double check the dates. Because if I can time it right, um, yeah, no, I could, I could definitely. Uh, let's see, tomorrow we're recording on Sunday the sixteenth of April. Tomorrow's Monday the seventeenth, and then in a week will be the twenty third. I think is, <laughs> is my math right? <laughs> the other one's got a calendar in front of me. <laughs> yeah, but then I have to open my phone, and that oh, requires no. effort. No, I think it's like the twenty fourth. So as of. Yeah, so when this episode comes out, our episode on a podcast called WA Expose will be uh, released on the twenty sixth. So um, that is a podcast that was host that is hosted by um, one, one of I our guess. previous guests, yeah. um, Aria Scarlett, yes. uh, episode fourteen, along with Gavin Nicolette. So she runs an amazing podcast called WA Expose, and we had the absolute privilege to um, guest on that oh, show. Sure. So yeah. keep an ear out, and um, when it comes out, we'll definitely promote it on the socials yes. and put a little link to the episode um, because that was really, really fun. Um, it was. Also, shout out to the Hen House Studios in Osborne mm-hmm. Park. They've got a great space there. So if you want to open up your own podcast, you don't have a – 
you know, you're not quite as lucky as us to have like a whole space where we can set up like a studio and you don't want to do it over Zoom. You can want to make it a bit more professional. Um, they provide podcast studios. So, yeah, yeah look them good. up, look at the fees that they have and, um, yeah. Very professional. Yeah, begin podcasting from them. Cool. Um, so that's basically everything. Um, super quick, I know, um, but we've got an interview to cut to. So let's yeah. uh, let's bring Stephen. Hey, this is Matt from episode fifteen, and you're listening to Queer Stories on the Swan. Always remember to stay fabulous. Okay, so we have Steve here in the studio. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, so like we were saying before, um, it's a it's a family episode because we have uh, this is Steve, this is Christo's partner, and um, yeah, for now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow, um, maybe I should uh, maybe I should get out of here. <laughs> this, Ten years and he's had enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> Tried it in. This podcast was someone younger was the uh, was the kicker. <laughs> okay, Steve, can we just um, we'll start with your your sexual orientation, your gender identity, and your pronouns? Yes, uh, I'm Steve. He him, um, and yeah, I'm gay. Yep. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> You know, 10 years, you should know your partner, Steve. Yeah, like Christo. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> uh, oh, hopefully you do. Um, cool. <laughs> we'll get you on the next question. <laughs> Can you tell us about when you first realised you were queer? Um, yeah, f- for me it was uh, definitely around that 11, 12-year-old mark. Mm. Um, and I, I just knew that was the attraction. I had no interest in girls or women it was all all the guys and just wanted to be around my my guys at, at school um it wasn't doing anything about it back then but that was it was pretty clear to me and i think um if you ask my mum looking back on it she'd probably pick about the same age because uh-huh. mums tend to know mm. yep but um yeah i mean as as i got older that you know kind of developed and i started experimenting and and really finding myself, but yeah, definitely, definitely that younger age. And um, even though I struggled with it and, and started dating girls because I felt that's what I needed to do, it was yeah, it was pretty much knowledge and guaranteed when I was about that 12, 13 years old. Yeah, sure. wow. So, what was your coming out process like, and how did it impact your life? Well, it's, it was a uh, it was difficult for me because. I had so much internalized homophobia mm. from from a very young age. I thought something was wrong with me. I I genuinely didn't think that I was normal, and that it had to stop. Like they they were just bad feelings, and it's just it didn't help that in my late teens I'd started getting involved in the church, and you start thinking, you know, you start listening to what's being said in the church. You think that's me. I'm just disgusting thing. Yeah. So. Through my 20s, um, I'd, I'd pretty much kept to myself and, and stayed in my house and didn't go out and I got sick of people asking me, oh, when are you going to find a nice girl and girlfriend and get married and all that? So I kind of just pretty much shut down in my 20s and, and didn't go out. And, uh, yeah, so that was that was probably the, the toughest part of my life in my 20s, dealing with that internalised homophobia. Um and it wasn't till about I was 30, um, I quit my job. Mm. 
I travelled 1,600 kilometres north of Perth to a place called Karajani National Park, mm-hmm. most amazing place on earth. And I lived in a tent for 12 months and worked as a tour guide, taking people swimming and rock climbing. And it gave me time just to stop, pause, and, and really think about um, who I was and where I was going. So after that, that uh, 12 months um, up in Karajani, I moved back to Perth. And that's when I became, you know, started to come out to my friends and family and um, just accept who I was. I still remember the, the where I was the day I first said out loud, Steve, you're gay. Like, I was Williams Road in Beckenham in a car on a band. Every time I drive past, I still remember that point because that was, for me, the biggest step was just to accept it in myself. Um, so it was just, yeah, it was just a horrible length of time with a huge amount of internalised homophobia. It's yeah. awful. Yeah. Have you faced any challenges or discrimination because of your sexual orientation or gender identity? How have you coped with these challenges? Yeah, again, it completely internal. Like, yeah, there's yeah. been discrimination, yeah, there's been challenges, but it's all been inside my own head. Um, and after coming out, I've, I've realised just how... Well, I wouldn't say stupid or silly, but how unfounded that was because the, the people around me just accepted me and loved me, like all my family, all my friends, everyone I knew. Me. Half, half <laughs> of them probably knew or suspected anyway. But, um, yeah, the, the being very fortunate that I had a, a really good support network around me that everyone just loved me and accepted me for it. It was, it was me who had the problem. Yeah. And now you got a great support system and a great partner yeah, for it. So. And I, I think that one of the hardest things for me was I always wanted to be a dad, mm. and I knew that I probably wouldn't have kids. So, like my my nephews were just oh, like so important to me. And one of the hardest things was um, worrying about what they would think. Mm. So I was always like putting heaps of pressure on myself because. I thought they'd think, you know, gay Uncle Steve, like, yuck, whatever. Um, and when I came out and they just accepted me as well, it was just, yeah, it was just amazing. Massive weight off your shoulders. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine. Now, like you, you know, you were sort of talking about it. Has there been any positive experiences or moments of acceptance that really stand out in your queer journey? Um, you spoke about your family. but Yeah. Um, um, yeah, probably my dad. Mm. Uh, dad's... A blokey bloke, yep. you know, he's a, a builder. And uh, we we never spoke, like, growing up, we were never, um, we'd never have real serious conversations about this sort of stuff. It was kind of closer with mum, you'd talk to mum about that sort of stuff. Um, and I remember sitting in their driveway <clears throat> when I was going to, you know, I wanted to come out, I've come out to a few of my friends, and I just sat in the, in the car for about an hour and just cried because I thought, what's dad going to say, what's dad going to say? And then I got the courage to go inside. I'd compose myself, opened the front door, saw Dad, burst into tears and was just like an absolute wreck. Mm. And Mum and Dad dragged me into the lounge room and just sat on the couch with me thinking that I'd been given a death sentence from the doctor or or something (laughs) like that. Um, And then I just, I blurted out. I said, Dad, I'm gay. I'm so sorry. And I kept saying... (laughs) Sorry. No, don't be. I kept saying sorry to him and he just rubbed my back and just said, I love you. 
And it was just the best thing ever because I just thought he'd, he'd hate having a son who was gay. But, no, you didn't. Sorry. No, don't, <laughs> please don't be. Do you need a, do you need a minute? Mm-hmm. We can take a couple no, minutes if right. you want. It's all right. Okay. And now he adores us. <laughs> yeah, he really does. Yeah. His dad is awesome. And I'm so happy so for cool. you, both of you. Um, oh, God. Where did we, where did we get to? Uh, that one. Yes. How was your identity as a... <clears throat> wow. How was your identity as a queer person shaped your personal and professional life? Um, it was probably through my 20s. It was It was being the opposite. So people didn't know I was gay. So very very masculine, the way I spoke, even the way I spoke about gay people, it was very much to put on this persona that I'm a straight man because I don't want anyone to know that side of me. Yeah. So, and that shaped my, like my personal life and also my pre- professional life and my professional chosen career, which is in you know a, a very male-dominated, yep. straight male-dominated automotive industry, which mm. I'm still part of. Um, and then so... Yeah, so that whole 20s and early 30s was very much trying not to be seen. Um, and then when I came out and allowed myself to really, you know, get out into the community, I, I, I dragged myself at 32 years old off to the Court Hotel, which back then was just an amazing mm. space for for acceptance. Mm. Um, and I could go there on a weekend and not feel old and not feel weird or different because there was – everyone was there and everyone was accepting of everyone. Um and that then allowed me to, to be a little bit more who I was, you know, my own self in my professional career and in my personal life. I, I realised that there is a, this group of people that I'm a part of that are loving and caring so that if things outside of that, you know, aren't so good, like if something happened at work or, or people don't accept me, I know that there's this community of people that I belong to mm. and it's okay. So throughout my 30s and once... I met Chris, um, yeah, I guess I just let myself be a little bit more who I am and not really care what people think, which is probably the biggest thing I've got from being with Chris is Chris is quiet on this podcast, yeah. but Chris doesn't give a shit what people think about him. <laughs> exactly. If no, he wants to dress up in a, in a wig and go and dance to one in the morning, like on a stage, like he just, he doesn't care. And for me, that's been the biggest thing I've been able to um change in my life is to get a little bit more like not really too concerned what other people think of me um and I think that's that's been a huge uh thing for me because I always worried about what people think of me that hate me like mm. so yeah that's that's what's changed now in my 30s and now like in my 30s and now in my 40s um is I don't really care so much I don't care so much. I am who I am and I think I'm a good person I love who I am so it's all good yeah He's all right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my <God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my heartstrings. I can't take this. <laughs> um, so have you uh, found any particular resources or support networks helping you? Um, I suppose, like, you've navigated your queer journey, but is there any, like, support networks or good resources that you recommend to other people um, in the queer community who may be struggling a bit? <laughs> Not really anything in particular that I've used. What I said before was my experience at the Court Hotel back in the day mm was that for me. It was just just seeing people be who they are and, and realising that I can also be who I am. Um, I don't know if that's the same anymore or, or changed, but I 
I think uh, one of the biggest resources to any people is to find their people, find the other people um, who are experiencing the same thing or in the same place and um, connect with them. So, um, and again, finding someone like Chris has has been that for me as well. Yeah. (laughs) So good. Uh, How do you stay connected with the broader queer community and why is it important to you? Um. I wouldn't say I'm certainly in the scene anymore, but my, my connection to the queer community is probably through more through you now yeah. <laughs> um, and helping you through, you know, with your, your podcast and, and everything you're doing there. And um, I think um, our big connection in the queer community for us in recent times has been on cruise ships. Yes. Yeah, where we've happening. met the most... I mean, we, we were on our... I think it was our first cruise together... And you know, there's a notice board, and it had friends of Dorothy, and I had <laughs> what no the hell was that? clue what friends of Dorothy was. And we we just went back to the room and said, "Well, it's friends of Dorothy." And it's like, "Oh, it's it's a it's a code for like a gay meetup." Yeah. And we're like, "Well, let's go and do that." And I was a bit nervous, but we went. I was like, "Oh, I don't know." And I'm like, "Let's just do it." And <laughs> so we did it, and we we met this guy Russell from Canada. Yep. Um, and this group of guys on this cruise ship, which added a whole new dimension to this holiday, we, we were, all of a sudden we had uh, like-minded people we could talk to, and um, which made it amazing. And then from that, we then booked another cruise and met this huge um, group of gay guys from all over the world, which we've travelled with several times now, um, and and desperately looking to get back on another cruise ship to meet some of them because they're all over the world. But I think in in recent times that's definitely been my my biggest connection to the community and also um, uh, people of my age as well. I'm obviously yeah. I'm 13, 14 years older than Chris. So on the cruise ship there's yeah, there's lots of people your age and my age and and we can interact and yeah. So if anyone's looking to meet heaps of Awesome gay people. Go on a cruise. Yeah. Go on a cruise. <laughs> Which you are going on one soon, right? We are. Uh, not next week, weekend after us. Is it that like soon? Like, like yeah, so. Fifth of May on my days. birthday. Wow. That's yeah. going to be fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so any like younger queer people who may not have known as friend of Dorothy was the code word to are you gay, but we didn't openly say that before. So yeah. yeah. You guys didn't know that. Uh, so looking back on your journey, is there anything you wish you had done or, or wish you had known or done differently? Well, yeah, I wish I'd stopped beating myself up over it and just, you know, just accepted who I was. Um, And I think early on for me, in some ways, I thought it was just physical feelings I had. Mm. And I figured if I could just deal with that, then I could get through life without anyone knowing. And, And I still remember the morning I woke up and looked at the pillow next to me and said, Steve, who is there? Like, Who's there? Is it a guy or a girl? And it's it's a guy. And that the day I realised that it was not just a physical feelings I had towards the same sex, but I wanted a relationship with someone of the same sex. Um, yeah, I wish I'd learnt that much, much earlier that I could have had a real intimate connection with someone, um, not just a physical connection with someone. But, like, to be honest, I'm in a, an amazing place right now. I think Chris and I are in an amazing place, so... Wanting to change anything, honestly, if if that experience got me where to I, where I am now, then I don't want to change a thing. But for people who are going through that same thing, I would say just stop beating yourself up about it. Yeah. Um, and even if you don't have that same experience coming out as I did, you're not lucky enough to have the same family, find your people, you'll find your people and you'll f- 
Find your support. Stop beating yourself up about it. Yeah. I think you've already answered our last question. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, sorry. It's like he's reading ahead. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, he's involved with one of the co-hosts of the podcast and he's been listening, know. so he knows how the show works. <laughs> what have you got to ask me, Chris? Off the top of your head. Oh, God. <laughs> what don't I know? Oh, what don't you know? Nothing. Any dark secrets you can expose here right now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, that's all right. That just proves that they know each other after, what, 10 plus years of knowing for each other that, you know, yeah. they have that connection. Yeah. Um, yeah Is there so, anything you've got? Um, Any questions you'd like to ask? Who's the top and who's the bottom? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> who's the man in a relationship? You know, those stupid oh, questions. <laughs> Clearly, totally. <laughs> no, no, no. I respect you both too much for that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's really all the questions that we have. Um, Steve, thank you for not only being on the show today, but yeah. thank you for um, really, Steve is one of the big reasons why this studio space we have yes. is here now. Um, and just for encouraging not only Christo but also myself throughout this whole process. So it's been a long time coming. So thank you for finally yeah. coming on the show. No, and, you're um, welcome. Thanks yeah. for having me. Thank you for almost making me cry. Um, <laughs> oh, appreciate sorry that. for being a suck. No, 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 no. It is <laughs> a very real that. and raw experience that people yes. need to hear yeah. and I love it so much. So, yeah. yes, tears just don't work with my aesthetic. Um, so, <laughs> yes. So thank you so much and um, we'll chat to you all next time. No worries. Thank you. Okay, oh so um, once again, we have another episode where someone makes me cry. Um, so that's fun. Um, and I don't because I'm a cold, heartless bitch, apparently. I mean, I'll let you and Steve figure that one out because this is a like episode. No one's going to disagree. So I'm just going to get out the door and you two just do that. Um, no. Um, Steve, thank you so much for being on the episode. Yes. Um, and sharing your experiences and... Um, it just, and what I love about Steve's uh, story is he talks about how he had like a lot of internalized homophobia, which is massive, massive. You don't issue. hear that a lot from um, anyone, really. No, but well, you you do well, hear a little bit, um, but it's still very much a real thing. Um, yeah. In fact, one of the deeper sources of, of homophobia is internalized to the point where there are people in the world who are very homophobic, and there are a lot of guys who actually are gay but they they have so much internalized hatred that they actually do a lot of homophobic stuff themselves yeah and it's very very real Mm. um and to sort of i wouldn't say admitting it but to bring that to light is um actually very very strong thing to do yeah so we're very happy that steve has a um a great support system has a great partner who's sitting here with me um yeah it's just and um again like he's he's you know he's on again i gotta be really careful how i say this he's older yeah because he's older and more mature like it does seem like to some people there there's like a um (laughs) mature (laughs) (laughs) i mean look he's in the next room so i can just call him in if i need to um but there's a lot of times where people do feel like they're too old to come out or it's a bit too late for them. It yeah, really isn't. No. And Steve is another example of that. Our, our episode 12 guest, Sarah, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just, it's never too late. And um, you could live a great life like Steve and you just 
got to give yourself some love and then other people will give you love as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice quick episode. <laughs> yes. um, you know, we, you know, just going through all of it and um, we love doing this show as usual and um, we'll be back next time. So, yes, again, um, WA Expose, we will be featuring yes. Yes. on their episode. Um, I reckon it'll be probably a couple of days after this episode comes out. If not, 26th of April, that's when it'll be out and we'll promote it on socials as well. Yes. All right. All right. We're going to roll the outro and um, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Queer Stories on This One. You can leave a review slash rating on wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on our socials on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and YouTube channel at Queer Stories on This One. You can also find us on our webpage at queerperth.com forward slash Queer Stories on This One. And please tell your friends about us. I'm Chris. And I'm Christo. And stay fabulous. fabulous.